loved ones, particularly if they are vulnerable or extremely vulnerable. For many, this will mean that it isn't possible to celebrate Christmas in the way that you normally would. Public Health Wales is encouraging everyone who lives, works or studies in Merthyr Tydfil to attend the mass testing service at the Leisure Centre as soon as they can, even if they do not have any symptoms. Public Health Wales went on to say thank you to those who have already attended and undertaken a test, as this will help us to break the chains of transmission in the area. However, in order for the exercise to be as successful as possible, then we need as many people in the area as possible to be tested. For more information about the testing exercise, you can visit the MTCBC website. Anyone aged 11 and over without any symptoms can have a test, but children under 18 will need parental consent. The more people who get tested, the more chances we have to reduce the spread of the virus. A Pembrokeshire man has been found guilty of a string of animal welfare charges relating to horses kept on land near Cardigan. Alan Lloyd from Pembrokeshire had denied seven charges brought by the RSPCA concerning the treatment of horses, but he was found guilty in his absence on all counts after a trial went ahead at Aberystwyth Justice Centre. Among the charges on which the 78-year-old was convicted was failing to meet the needs of 31 horses on or before December 28, 2019, including causing unnecessary suffering to five horses and causing unnecessary suffering to a chestnut thoroughbred and a chestnut Welsh pony. Magistrates adjourned the case against the 78-year-old until December 17th for pre-sentence reports. The court is considering an order to disqualify Lloyd from owning or keeping animals and also depriving him of ownership of the animals subject to the charges. If Lloyd again fails to attend court, the court will consider the application in his absence. I'm Charlie James and you're up to date on Pure West Radio. For Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire, Pure West Radio. Well, a very good evening. It's Pure West Radio on a Monday evening. Pure West Sport with G&G Builders. You can find out more at pembrokeshirebuilders.co.uk. I'm Ben Stone. Really, really good to be back again. We're live on the Pure West Facebook page, of course. And let's say good evening to our three wise men. And we've got another face you'll recognise joining us as well for the first part of the show. Three wise men in a very festive Pure West Radio studio. Uh, Gordon Thomas, good evening. Evening, Ben. How are you? Very good, thank you. Can I get your sporting highlights of the weekend? Was it the Wales-England rugby match? Well, it wasn't a real highlight. It was a disappointing defeat against the English. But, um, you know, Wales crossing the line for their first try in quite a few weeks in the Autumn Internationals. And it happened to be an Englishman, Johnny Williams, playing for Wales. Indeed, yeah, it, it was. It was a, a game we'll get to, I think, when, when we talk to our special guest in just a moment. Bill Kahn. 
Sporting highlight of the weekend. Good evening, sir. Hiya, boy. How are you? Yeah, good. There, there were two. Uh, one was rugby, but I'm afraid he wasn't at Parker Scarlet's. He was watching the All Blacks slam the Argies. 38 nil. Come on, the Blacks. I like that. And I enjoyed watching Lewis Hamilton win his umpteenth Grand Prix because, by God, that fella can drive and he's got to be made <laughs> Sir Lewis. Well, mine, mine was Tottenham going top of the league, oh, top of the table with a, I thought, very good debut in the nil-nil draw at Chelsea. And a few people have said to me it was a boring game, uh, but I, I thought it was very well organised performance, typical Mourinho performance. But Joe Roden made his debut. I know Fraser is going to be a little bit disappointed, uh, obviously, that he left Swansea to join Spurs. But Fraser, I thought Roden actually had a really good debut for Tottenham no no wish him well there I think there were a couple, couple yeah, of errors yeah. he did look a little nervous didn't he but there were some real good signs of the ball at his feet I think he'd become a real good signing for Spurs and your sporting highlight Fraser oh well undoubtedly is um Team manager, the Llanarian indoor side had to make a couple of big calls in the week. The boys hadn't been performing and responded with two wins. But lo and behold, we go charging up the table. In come the conspiracy theorists and suddenly they've cut the league. You know, so um, we, we've been cutting our tracks. But that, but I was cheered up uh, after that news by Swansea winning 1-0 Nottingham Forest as well. Great win, great header by Connor Roberts. And, yeah. uh, and we're right up there too. Ask him when he's going to have a game in the indoor league and stop messing Bill, about. How many games did Alex Ferguson play for Man <laughs> <Sure>. United, Bill? <laughs> It didn't, Bill, didn't, didn't taint his legacy. Yeah. Didn't taint his <laughs> legacy. You, you took the words out. right out of my mouth, Fraser. You didn't have the, the whites on. You were you were directing affairs and directing operations, Ben. Di- yeah. Directing yeah. wins in this me. case. He left after the first game. His kids were playing up. <laughs> Mascots. Right, listen. We're live on the Facebook page right now. You can comment on Pure West Sport. Use the hashtag Pure West Sport to get involved this evening. Uh, we've got loads to come in in this hour of the show. And Bill, we have got a special guest with us tonight, haven't we? As far as I can and he's one of the best we could possibly have because he epitomises well sport particularly rugby because he is on um, the you know the rugby setup. he once called Gordon and I the Welsh the Hanford West Mafia in a game in Parker Scarlet we still haven't forgiven him for that he is a top writer his book should be read by everyone because it deals with mental health issues my daughter loved reading it I loved reading it. and you're going to buy one now so that's great it's Phil Steele who is undoubtedly one of the best after dinner speakers on the Welsh speaking circuit played a lot of rugby and is brilliant to listen to so Phil I'm thrilled you're here tonight back Thanks very much, Bill. Lovely to be here on uh, Pure West Radio, and it's great uh, the, the, what you do for f- on the channel and f- for local sport in particular, which uh, is a, a great love of mine. Mm. Uh, it's brilliant. Yeah, thank, thanks, Phil. We, we yeah. do really appreciate your time, and I think um, we, we alluded to it, Gordon, didn't we? Because you and I spoke on uh, Saturday ahead of the uh, the Wales England game, and I think that's probably as good a place as any to kick off with Phil this evening, don't you think, Gordon? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, Wales have had a poor uh, autumn series, don't you think, Phil? Um, you know, when you think uh, last season under Gatland, Wales were going, uh, well, we won the Grand Slam, we were semi-finalists, we, a change of coaches, and uh, what's going on, Phil, in your, your, your opinion? Well, as for Saturday, it was only a matter of time before Wales's winning streak was going to come to an end, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> a good win against Georgia, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it has been disappointing, Gordon. There's no two ways about it. Worst of all, um, and it's, it's ironic that we're saying this after probably Wales's best performance against England uh, in the series so far. Worst of all is that um, I can't seem to fathom out a style in which Wales are trying to play. We knew what Warren Gatland's style of play was. It was yeah. to be very fit, very attritional, attack the midfield, and then you know earn the the, the right to go wide, as he said, and and uh, and and 
and use the gaps as they came. With, with the Wayne Pivak uh, team at the moment, I, I can't see what Wales are trying to achieve. No. Yes, the defence was much better on Saturday. You couldn't yeah. fault the spirit. But it's that, it's that uh, style of play. We just don't seem to have uh, anywhere near evolving mm. into a new style in, in, what's that, five, six games now. Are you surprised mm. at that, Phil? Because I think one, when Pivak came and he brought in Stephen Jones, it, the notion seemed to be pretty accepted that at least Wales would bring in his enterprising style, which was at Scarlet's. That seemed the sort of coach he was. And there were early signs of that in the Six Nations earlier this year, even though the results weren't there. And that almost bought him a bit of time. I think people were prepared to be patient because this was a new style that was coming in after a very regimented one that Gatland and Short Edwards imposed on the players for 12 years. So it was always going to take some time. But like you just said there, you don't sense a team now who has any kind of direction in attack or knows what to do in attack. And you watched the Ireland game and uh, when they played England, for 70 minutes Ireland hammered away against England and got nowhere and actually took two little late chip kicks to unlock them. So it was obvious that Wales were going to have to do something outside the box to unlock the English defence. They didn't even seem any effort to do that. We had the interception try, but they didn't even see any kind of enterprising thinking or willingness to attack there. And that surprises me. It is. It, it does. Yeah, and uh, obviously, it's 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 much more difficult to uh, imprint a style of, uh, of of play when you're not w- winning ball. I mean, our set piece has been pretty poor or average at best. The scrum, mm. the line out was creaking again on uh, Saturday. We don't seem to have a have a hooker at the moment who uh, can can you know get his darts right and, and find his jumper uh, every time. I think um, Sam Parry has been a bit unlucky that he mm. hasn't had more of a chance. You know, Pembrokeshire lad, of course. Um, but yeah. It, it, we against Italy now next week. Obviously, we need to win and win well. But we more than that, we need to see some sort of involvement of the the the, the, the average Welsh fan can look at the, the, the game on the television and say, mm. I, I, I can see what Wales are doing, and then perhaps Pivak will get more um, sympathy from the, from the punters and we'll get a bit more time. But at the moment, it, it just looks. Uh, well, all, all we had Saturday was spirit and, and defence, really. Yeah. Mm. Phil, it's interesting you mentioned um, Wayne Pervac. I, I think it, it, it's a difficult job to come in as the man who replaced Warren Gatland, and you almost want to be the coach after the one that replaced Warren Gatland. Um, once the, the, the media go against you in Wales, it, it's not easy to come back as a coach of the Wales rugby team, is it, from that? Do, do, you, think, do you think he can turn it around? And what does well, he need to do to do that? Well, they say the hardest job in UK sport is captain of the England cricket team. I would go as far as to say that being coach of the Welsh mm. rugby team is the most difficult, even more so the England captain. It's, it's difficult for Wayne Pivak. Not only is he following your Alex Ferguson, as was alluded to earlier on, but also Wayne Pivak. Yes, he's a, a New Zealander from Auckland, but he comes with the baggage, and I use that word, uh, or the history then, if you like, rather than baggage, of being a former Scarlets coach. And you know what we're like in Wales. We're the most parochial nation. Um, There's there, there still a, a tranche of, of, of people in Wales who don't care how Wales get on as long as the Scarlets beat the Ospreys or, or Glamorgan Wanderers beat Panath or, or <laughs> Nayland beat Milford Haven. You know, yeah, it's, we're, we're yeah. the tribe, which traditionally yeah. was always one of the reasons that made, uh, that made Welsh rugby so hard and so tough and so great. But uh, yeah, so Wayne is on a a bit of a um, a difficult wicket. Not only that, he brought his whole coaching team from the Scarlets mm. with him virtually. Uh, so he's not going to be given, and he is not being given the benefit of the doubt. So it's going to be difficult. He needs a good win over Italy, and dare I say it, he needs uh, with England and Ireland home in the Six Nations. He needs crowds to be back. In the Six mm. Nations as well, I, fa- I felt the game against Scotland at, 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 at uh, Parker Scarlet. Wales would have won that, 
if they had a crowd. I know we didn't play well, but I think, you know, the little victories where you mm. get a turnover or you get a three points, halfpenny kicks a penalty from nowhere. Um, that case on Saturday with the charge down try. England didn't start particularly well. That charge down try, we go 7-0 up, 72,000. Mm. And, and all of a sudden, England might start thinking, hang on, we've been here before. We've lost here before. This is not, mm. you know, this is not going our way. Mm. So he needs he needs those two things. He needs to be able to put a good win against mm. these three things. He needs to be able to put a win against Italy with some sort of market style. And then he could do it crowds in the Six Nations for the yeah, two big ones. The referee Ireland, had England. a lot of criticism on Saturday, yeah, Phil. Obviously, the England try was a well-worked one when they equalised, um, but Dan Bigger was definitely taken out up in the air. You being a full-back and myself, uh, we had that every day of the week back in the day, mate, but he was definitely taken out up in the air, and the rule is once you're off your feet and if you're tackled, that is a penalty. It wasn't given, and uh, that England was... scored. It was... It, it made a difference because England scored uh, five points from that. It did, what, yeah. It what was, was your was, feeling on the referee's performance, Phil? Uh, well, I didn't think he was the best. Uh, I think I put something on Twitter. Uh, Roman Poit is missing yeah. uh, an R from his name. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere along, yeah. yeah, that was definitely a penalty. It, it wasn't done with any malice, but as we know, yeah. it's not about intention. It's about uh, outcome these days. That's what the, the law says. Yeah. Uh, so it should have been a penalty for Wales. But no, as no I yellow un- card or anything. As I understand it, Phil, he, he was told by the TMO or whatever he's called in rugby yeah. that it was a penalty and he overruled it but see to me that's grasping at straws what worries me at the moment I just look I would insist that every uh, Welsh number 9 has a leg cut off so they can't box kick all the damn time (laughs) that is the most overrated and overused tactic in world rugby at the moment it drives me dull but where's our flair behind the scrum can you see any flair no, I can see individual flair. The ones who have come through, uh, who did do well on Saturday, I thought Jim Botham was pretty useful, putting yeah, a bit of a yeah. shift, didn't look overawed at all. Uh, uh, Johnny Williams took his try well and, and, and looked good as well. Um, I, I did think Lloyd Williams did a lot in defence, mm. a lot of covering, covered a lot of acreage. He's a very fit lad, and I think uh, he did a lot of unseen work. But the one who looks to the man born as an international player is... Uh, Lewis Rees Samet, who's yeah, the nephew of Paul Rees. You might remember Paul Rees, the yeah. former Cardiff and Wales B fullback of the of the eighties. Gordon, you might have played against. Uh, yeah, that, that, another one. Yeah, Pablo, as he's him. called. That, that's uh, that's Lewis's uh, uncle. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, but but apart from those, and I I I don't know why we don't just attack, I tell you a, a, a good tactic is give the ball to the wings early. Let's have a look. If you've got mm. a bit of pace like that outside, spread perhaps, it perhaps, wide. Mm. Yes, yeah, spin it wide a bit earlier. Interesting talking about the coaching staff. Stephen Morris has got in touch on our Facebook page. Uh, interesting question. What happened to Sam Warburton? Why did he leave the coaching setup? Well, Thoughts think, on that, Phil? Yeah, I don't think there was anything sinister in that. Sam, since he's been... Um, and I, I, I know this firsthand because I've done a lot of events with him. Sam, since he's, uh, uh, since he's given up uh, as a player has done a lot of media work, which is, is, is pretty well paid. You know, there's no two ways around that. If you're working for BT, you're working yeah. for BBC Network, it's, it's, a, it's a good job. He's it's, very good. Yeah. Yeah, he's excellent. He's, one of, the, he's mm. one of the best I've ever seen at this stage in his pundit career. Mm. Such a lovely bloke as well, an absolute gentleman. Could be First Minister as Wales as far Tottenham as Tottenham fan as well. Tottenham, Tottenham fan, fan. Yeah, yeah. That's right, yeah. dog called Ledley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think with Sam, he's had another child, of course. So he's got two children now. He's got a, a young baby. And he does uh, lots of events, you know, an evening with Sam Warburton, speaking events, representing the Lions and, and corporate things and everything. And I just think he he wanted the flexibility yeah. 
rather than being tied to a contract with the Welsh Rebina. That That's the way I understand it. I don't think there's anything sinister. Do you uh, think it's a loss, though, Phil, with all his experience? Uh, oh, t- do you oh, think the WRU should have tried to fight to keep him on the coaching staff because I mean he's a a lion skipper, he's done everything in rugby and he he should be there to uh, pass on his knowledge to the the players in my opinion anyway. Yeah, it's obviously a loss and there's no reason why they couldn't sort of uh, get him in on a a sort of consultancy basis. They have got Gethin Jenkins there now, who is uh, not only a very good defence coach, I've had great reports about Gethin uh, and his work he did with Cardiff Rugby Club Mm. in the Premiership but he's also a very good uh, breakdown technician as well mm. and uh, certainly the defensive side has come good in in uh, the last sort of two or three games since Gethin has been in charge yeah. but I don't think there's anything uh, sinister really sure. with uh, with Sam I tell you what is being emphasised now the problems we've had in the breakdown this autumn is missing Warburton the player yeah, I think it's only exactly. truly being appreciated yeah. now. You know. Yeah, Hello, yeah. That, you the, the just mentioned James Bothan uh, as he's come in and done well. He, he is showing signs of a possibly being on uh, Warburton's wavelength. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, he's a, a useful. The other, the other thing that is in Pivac's well, I, it's it's not in his favour because it's acted against him, but it's in his favour in terms of mitigating circumstances. Is the amount of injuries he, he's had, you know, yeah. with with yeah. the likes of John Davis, uh, and you look at the the, the back row. Um, uh, Josh Navidi, Ellis Jenkins, who I think could well have been a bolter f- if he hadn't have mm. had that injury against South Africa. Yeah. A bolter mm. for the Lions captaincy, mm. I really Navidi, do. He's a, you know. he's a, a, a Navidi, uh, missing him as well. So uh, there is that issue at the breakdown. So if you get sort of th- those three or four back and, and uh, one or two others, uh, Ross Rob Moriarty, Evans. of course. Yeah. Rob yeah. Evans, of course, who's yeah. a, a, a physical ball carrier as well. and can handle a ball because um, we are missing a few carriers as well I think in that front Definitely five as good as uh, work that Jake Ball does well listen forensic analysis there of, of where it was going right and wrong for Wales right now keep those comments coming in Fraser we wanted to um, talk to Phil a bit about the, the the local scene in Pembrokeshire right now didn't we um, because we all know and and, and Phil on, on this show for the last few weeks we, we've spoken about the, the difficulties that Pembrokeshire clubs are facing right now and, and Fraser it isn't easy is it? It's not and I, I wanted to bring Phil up on this actually because I know when we last spoke about this it was on it was on a day which is about as grassroots you could get it was Nayland Pembroke Dock on the sideline that you were there for the good feud guide and it was hailing down with rain and you were very big that day on saying that to get grassroots back we needed to get the social side back we needed to give something for these youngsters some kind of incentive that went beyond just simply whether or not they won or lost a game of rugby and make it of that community feel again now the times are vastly different from then to what they are now Phil even though it wasn't that long ago and I'll be honest I can't see that now I can't see it being possible anytime soon to get any kind of of social feel back in the grassroots rugby, even when it does start up again, for all the factors which have been which have been multiplied tenfold since since COVID, if you like the, the economic factors, the social factors, where the pubs will be allowing thirty people in in the same room, two sets of players. So if we can't get that side back, what do we have to address now? Because it, it was struggling before COVID, grassroots rugby in certain areas. We all know that. It's going to be struggling even more so now. How do we get it back up and running? I remember that day, certainly. The clash on the clever. That's I, right, uh, yes. As yeah. I call it, yeah. Um, uh, do you know, I, I think what I had to say on that day has gone out of the window now. I think there are two massive, massive issues um, for Club Rugby, not just in Pembrokeshire, but in Tafswell, Equatorial Tafswell, where I live, here just north of Cardiff, in Gwent, in North Wales, Club Rugby as a whole, and, and probably Club Rugby in the whole of the UK. There are two pressing issues. One is the financial aspect. If these 
if these clubs can't get bar take-ins for what will be virtually 18 months, it's not going to come back before September. We virtually know that. Not in any organised form anyway. No. So if, if if clubs are going to be without sort of income from from regular bar take-ins and subs and everything, everything else that goes with running a, a club as a community facility for 18 months, they're going to be financially struggling. That's one. My other big worry is that players are going to get out of the habit of playing. They're going to find something else, whether they're, if, they, if they're 19, 20, they're going, to, they're going to find football or they're just going to get out of the habit of playing rugby. They're going yeah. to get used to going shopping or whatever. But the, the big tranche of player that I worry about is the player, Fraser, in the 30 to 35 yeah. bracket. Yeah. We all know them, the prop forward who's played for, for donkey's years. He's not mm. that fit, you know, but he loves a few beers on a Saturday. And every season he says, I'm going to finish this season. This is my last season. And come August... He comes back off holidays and his, and his mates say, come on, come down to the training session, have a game of touch rugby. And then the next thing, he's put on his boots again and he's having one more season. Mm. He might be a 35-year-old yeah. lock, a 37-year-old prop, a 42-year-old number eight, you know. They are the type of player that after 18 months out is probably not mm. going to put back. their boots on for one more season. And those type of player, Fraser are often stalwarts of clubs yeah. and they're often linchpins of teams. Yeah. Fixtures, and that is yeah. my very, very big one. We know about the, the lack of uh, numbers playing at six, the drop-off 16 to 19. That, that's been well documented in Welsh rugby and I could do two hours on that. But it, at the other end of the spectrum, it's those it's those real sort of yeah. uh, linchpin players, who I call it, 30 to, 30 to 40 tranche. I think you're right. I'm worried we'll give up. Yeah, I think you're right, Phil. I was talking in Harvard West today to Richard McIntyre, who's a prop with Pembroke Doc Quinns. <clears throat> and he was saying he coaches the youngsters and he can't get them out at the moment because their parents are not fussed on and playing contact. And uh, he was, I said, you miss playing because he's close to 40, I would think. Mackie, you know him. And he said, up until three months ago, I couldn't wait to go back. But now my wife is keener for me to go back than I am. Yeah, that's the yeah, problem. Because yeah, yeah. I'm really finding yeah. it hard, but she's yeah. had enough of me at home. But it yeah. is a problem. Fraser knows <clears throat> he's involved in St David's. Solver is nearby with a football club. The danger is that some players are going to say, I'll train and play with Solver, but then suddenly realise the training isn't as physical and not as committed. So they're mm. going to say, I'll stay in football. I think that's a real mm. danger. And, and you've got to remember, there's a lot more people now in a lot more insecure situations for mm. employment. Yeah. And they're probably yeah, so going to pri- prioritise a lot more with that and won't be so keen to miss work or rearrange work or even risk mm. being injured, injured and affecting their work. You know? Yeah, I think this is where the, the Welsh Rugby Union can have a part to play. You know, I think they need to, when we do know when we can go back to club rugby, I think that they've got a bit of a responsibility to, to, to mount some sort of advertising campaign or some sort of awareness campaign, you know. Mm. Incidentally, on a similar tack to that, what what won't help in a sort of a roundabout way is the way that we're the way that international rugby uh, has gone at the moment uh, mm. and, and the way professional rugby has gone at the moment. It's all we've got to watch at the moment, professional rugby uh, or inter- and international rugby. And what we watch, particularly in the Northern Hemisphere, is not attractive with this kicking all the time. Definitely not. Uh, no. You know, I think we can have an air traffic controller there. <laughs> more than some of the, so, so that's that, in a yeah. roundabout way. That's not going to help either. You know, the, the, particularly for you know the eleven to sort of sixteen year olds who. Who haven't who won't have seen that? Haven't had anything like the Gareth Edwards try in '73 to to sort of grip them, you know. Phil, it's been a difficult year as well for everyone, and we still continue to live through difficult times with with, with lockdown measures all over the UK. Um, and, and I think the the importance of sport for for mental health and well being. I don't think it's ever been so much at the top of the agenda, really, because uh, Fraser and I both run. I, I know Gordon does as well. Bill, you walk. Um, 
slowly. You no, Bill. You, give yourself credit. You mm. cover the miles on on the parog. I know you do. But <laughs> Phil, how how important do you think mental health is um, and sport? And it's vital we keep that in our grassroots clubs. Oh, it is. I mean, just on a biochemical level, any physical activity. Uh, I, I, I knew my, my degree in physical education from Cardiff Met would come in handy one day, and it's taken forty years to be able to use it tonight. Uh, obviously, on a biochemical level, you know, the endorphins that exercise produces the, the feel-good chemical. Um, but also, uh, if you're talking about organised sport, or even if you just go down the gym, you know, I've been down the the, the gym today, and uh, you. Just in the change rooms, after you've had a run, you know, you're a bit you're sweaty and somebody in the change room say, all right, how, how do you get on today? Or how's work? You know, there's a social interaction as well yeah. in sport. And that is very important, as well as the the, the physical benefits. And uh, particularly if you're playing team sports, you know, uh, rugby, cricket, football, whatever, uh, golf, which can be, you know, you're, you're playing with mates in golf. If those are taken away, and which, which, I was, which my sport has, rugby, uh, it's going to have an effect. So that yeah. it is worrying. Yeah, in, indeed. Well, listen, Phil, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Um, I, I will be downloading your book because Bill's already read it and he won't lend me his copy, Phil. W- will you, Bill? Well done, Bill. Excuse yeah. me. Mr. Yes, Steele signed wrong. my copy. You are not getting the English hands on that. <laughs> yeah. But listen, it has been an absolute yeah, pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure. To, to my wife, I've got great connections with Pembrokeshire. My wife is from uh, Pembroke Dock and uh, my mother-in-law is in Crundale. So I've got a sister-in-law in Lettiston, so uh, and a brother-in-law in Broadhaven. So Pembrokeshire is like... My, uh, my second, second home, the, the, yeah. the old county I refer to it as. Yeah. And I should say, just before we do finish, that you are actually a teammate of someone sat in the Pure West Radio studio, aren't you, Phil? Well, not a teammate. A former teammate. No. Uh, no, in opposition. My claim to fame was I played fullback for Glamorgan Wanderers in something like February 1982, when Gordon, who just won his youth cap from Haverford West... Um, Played his his first game, his debut for Clenetley. I think they won. Clenetley won something like. Uh, You've got a good memory, Phil. Or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah keep going, mate. Uh, keep I, going. I remember the game because I made a tackle that night. Gone. <laughs> <laughs> that was my one I made in the eighties. I think there's a, there was a plaque at Stradley Park, but there. Yeah. <laughs> well, can, can I just ask him? I can't let you go. Just go on, tell them about your after dinner speaking. Would you mind just telling the boys how you met your wife, your lady from Pembroke Dock? Well, I met her in, in Cardiff. I'm a widower. In fact, my, my late wife's actually She's yeah. scattered off the point in Littlehaven oh, wow. because uh, her mother and father had a caravan. That was our first holiday we had. Yeah, I met her in um, in, a, in in Cardiff just before Christmas in 2011. And uh, my opening line to her was, uh, I said, uh, what's your name? She said, Kate. And I said, where are you from, Kate? She said, well, I, I live in Pencoid, but I'm from Pembrokeshire. And my opening line was, Pembrokeshire, I know Pembrokeshire really well. I said, in fact, my late wife's tashes are scattered off the point in Little Haven. It's lovely. I know Pembrokeshire really well. Great I, chat up I line, Phil. <laughs> so, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it, but it works for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's great stuff. Phil, thank you ever so much for being with us. Uh, pleasure talking to you thank this you evening. Phil. We'll Take read care. some of the comments that are coming in, and that interview will stay on the Facebook page as well. Just do a search for, for Pure West Radio. More still to come in the final hour here on Pure West Sports. Do you need a cash loan? Loans at Home could help. We offer loans of between £100 and £600 and have over 60 years of experience of helping people in the Pembrokeshire area and beyond. Go online at loansathome.co.uk to get a decision in principle now. Compare the price of home collected and other cash loans available in your area at www.lenderscompare.org.uk. Representative 466.4% APR. Loan subject to affordability. You can listen to Pure West Radio anywhere.
In the kitchen, in the bath, in the garden, on the sofa, even in space. and I feel fine on Pure West Radio. It's Monday evening. I'm Ben Stone, Pure West Sport with G&G Builders. Find out more at pembrokeshirebuilders.co.uk. Well, Gordon, Bill and Fraser, that was a, an absolute education talking to Phil Steele, wasn't it, about rugby and about sport and, and the world that we're in at the moment. Talk to him all evening. Mm. Yeah, he's a brilliant character. Uh, I, he, you know, we go back years and it's, he's, he's so modest as well, Ben. He's really, you know, he, he's got his feet firmly on the ground. He, he knows what's going on and you can approach him with anything and he's very open and honest. Yeah. He's a lovely guy. He understands both sides as well, yeah. doesn't he? The grassroots and the professional yeah. game. I think yeah. He's been yeah. through yeah. troubling times himself, mm. but he's always very open about it. Yeah. When you read his book, the last few chapters, Ben, are hard work. They're talking about his own depression mm. and how he got into such a state as the place kicker in the team that as soon as the ref blew the whistle he could almost physically see the post shrinking yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so it was too narrow for him to kick through yeah. almost and you read that it's hard but it's a blind have you read it phrase yeah it's a blinding book it really is he talks about his own rugby career you know uh it's smashing yeah it I, I just couldn't understand how he didn't when he said the posts were getting narrower i think it was the pressure i was putting on him when i was playing for the <laughs> 
Yes, I well, see. Gordon, he, he certainly remembered you, didn't he, from that game? He won't forget me, Ben. No, you made your mark. Still some, some comments on some of the things we were talking about, actually, um, with, with Phil. Be interested to hear what, what the three of you think, actually. Uh, Peter says, um, I agree, Sam Warburton, an outstanding player, leader and ambassador, and it's a shame that we can't make it worthwhile to keep people such as him in the game. And I think that's a fair point, because I, I agree with what Phil was saying. He yeah, definitely. He pundits so well. But there must be a place in the well, world set up for he, someone he, like Warburton. He, he said it was personal circumstances. He has young family. Yeah. I mean, Fraser would tell you how hard that is at the moment as well, if you want to endorse that race with mm. two young children. Well, yeah, I've yeah, I mean, you good. never go out of the but, doorway, um, to be honest with <laughs> you. You're stuck in the house. He manages to come no, here every I, Monday. I, 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 I think... Um, as Phil alluded to, if you're doing so many other commitments, to be involved in the international setup part time, I think is very difficult. Mm. Uh, I yeah, think definitely. you need somebody employed full time or, or not at all, mm. really. Mm. But it, but it, it I, would be a shame not to. I'm use just it. thinking if lessons need to be learned with someone like Alan Wynne Jones, who's coming to the end of his Wales career at some point, and all those games for Wales, you, you must there must be a place for him when that knowledge that he can share with some of the younger players coming. We through. always say like the best players, they got so much knowledge and everything. They're not always. I'm a stresses. They're not always the best yeah. coaches. Yeah. They're not always the best communicators. Sam Warburton would be, but you know I don't know about Alan Wynne whether he would be in that capacity. Perhaps he would yeah. prove me wrong. But do you know what I think, Gordon? And I, I think a, a classic example for me is is how. And I'm sorry, we're completely going off topic here. But but how um, England football team didn't use the 1966 World Cup winners particularly well? Because if you think young footballers coming through, if someone like Jeff Hurst turned up at an England camp and just spoke to some of the strikers, you know, just on an informal basis, make him feel welcome, get them involved. You could do the same with someone like Alan Wynne Jones. You don't have to make it formal, but just talking to some of the younger players, there must be an opportunity you're, you're to harness that. You're going back to an era where nothing like that would have happened, Ben. Unfortunately, times have changed. You can obviously see now that you would introduce a, a top player uh, to youngsters to encourage them to play. But back in the the 50s, 60s, and 70s, it, yeah. football was uh, nothing like it is today. No, it's difficult. It's a totally Listen, different game. Let's let's move on. But yeah, absolutely brilliant from Phil Steele, and that interview brilliant. will be on the, the Pure West Radio Facebook page. Um, so uh, Mark Drakeford, uh, the First Minister, made further announcements today about restrictions, and it does have a bit of an impact, Fraser, on on local sport in Pembrokeshire, doesn't it? Yes, hasn't been any kind of res- resumption that people were hoping for. Now, it's a matter of fact, it's not actually the. The regulations have had the direct impact. We've had the indoor cricket, which has been now suspended until further notice today. That was actually a result of rising coronavirus cases in um, in the areas of, of Milford and Pembroke and so on, or just Pembrokeshire as a whole. Uh, and that's what's caused that. It was actually relief when the announcement first came, wasn't it? We thought we were going to be OK. The leisure centres have been allowed to remain open. That's crucial. But unfortunately, problems have surfaced now with the football. Um, again, there seems to have been a lack of communication or clear guidance from the FAW Haken United and they've been very public and they've admitted the story to one of the clubs who played an 11 aside training game um, between their first and seconds team last week after that game a player tested positive for Covid and now you've got 20 mm. plus boys who all have to isolate for 14 days working boys now Haken is saying there wasn't clear guidance from the FAW that that would have to happen they'd all have to isolate if one player tested positive they thought the whole reason was the regulations and the guidelines was to avoid that scenario. Since then, um, 
Goodick United have come out and said they're not going to take the risk. They've suspended all their football activity until after Christmas and a couple of other clubs are following suit. So what we thought was going to be a glut of friendlies and teams getting back again, looks like that's been stalled. And I can say, Ben, I applaud Peter Davis for the indoor cricket. I've got my reservations. I don't know about Fraser. About I didn't know if I'd go again because there are you know there are cases coming in Pembrokeshire, and all it needs is you to be on a list you might have not gone within 25 yards of that person but you've got to self-isolate for 14 days mm. and for people who've got young kids for people like the you know, Fraser works and and in the end it's a huge thing and I wasn't going to pre- be prepared so Peter Davis did that with a heavy heart today and I think he felt Fraser a little bit guilty but he didn't need to because he, I think he's made the right decision mm. in discussions with Martin Jones the cricket officer and mm. Paul Miller who organises the Nayland Hub I think it's the right decision, although it's sad because we want to see sport. Yeah, we, yeah. We, and we, we still have time, don't we? The yeah, outdoor season we, starts yeah, in April. There's still yeah, time we'll to finish honest. that off. We'll be yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. yeah, indeed. It, it was interesting, something Phil, Phil mentioned, and, and, and the three of you as well, um, on the social side of, of rugby. And, and, and actually, there is an impact with, with the rules about pubs that, that have been put in, put in place today. And I'd be interested with some comments on that because um, one of the big things about going to a rugby club in Pembrokeshire is that there's a bar that makes good money for the for the club. And, and today's announcement just almost feels like a, another another further step away, really, from, from that sort of scene resuming. Yes, it's what we just touched upon. The social side of all grassroots sports, I think, is going to take mm-hmm. an extremely long time to resume as normal, mm-hmm. if it ever will resume in any kind of normality and you know we tend to focus on football and rugby when we talk about that but it's all kinds of things as Phil alluded to it's it's being able to just stop and chat to somebody in the gym you know or, or at a mm-hmm. swimming pool you know you look um I know there's something that Bill discussed and we've both been to last year was the Pembrokeshire short mat bowls mm-hmm. you know I couldn't believe it when I visited there what the social time they had mm-hmm. you know they yeah uh, they, they they were drinking while bowling some of them you wow. know they, they had a great time it's groups it like that off the, off and, the scale phrase and for those people it might yeah. not be so well publicised those sports but for those people that's a highlight of their week it, 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 sports awards the, the same social you know aspect. we've had to do those virtually this year and it's been a good response but it can never be the same as walking on our stage at Folly Farm and picking up your trophy they'll remember that so I'm glad to see Alan Jones is going to have all this year's winners on stage next year when hopefully Touchwood will be back there again I think we just got to bite the bullet there's no mm. way at the moment it is safe to be indoors in particular and you can't play rugby. There's too much contact. You can't. How can you scrummage in rugby and expect not to pick up something? It's just a sad thing. But we got to just grit our teeth and get on with it. Yeah, Gordon, would you echo that? I think now is the time to be sensible. We've got to be sensible, and our health is more important than playing sport. Uh, it's not often I say that, but in, you know, it's a very important issue. Uh, coronavirus. We've uh, we've all got to be careful in our day to day life, and uh, sport is going to have to go on the back burner for a little while. It's not the end of the world, to be honest with you, Ben. It it will happen at some point. Uh, it's just going to take a little while, but we all need to be sensible at this moment in time. And Gordon, you, you I think we're in touch with the, the manager at Goodick, weren't you? I, I saw they, yeah, they tweeted I, I, to I say... I actually spoke to Wayne O'Sullivan uh, in Haverford West at the weekend, and uh, he spoke about the uh, Haken, uh, uh, you know, what happened there, and he felt that it was only uh, fair and right that uh, they should suspend all their games until mm-hmm. further notice. And I... I, I 
totally agreed with Wayne. He was, uh, yeah. you know, it was the right decision. Well, one thing we should touch on that has gone ahead, though, is that um, Jamie Lewis, after a difficult few months, has uh, has come back and qualified for the World Championships at the Ali Pali, the, the cardigan darts player again. Oh, it's, it's not a sport. It's not a sport. Obviously, as Gorn's no. about to tell us, but he is back in the World Championships. So at least and he's and the problem is, the pubs aren't open, so he can't practice. <laughs> You're going to get lynched when you go to cardigan, mate. He can play up until six o'clock. I think the biggest thing, Bill, with the indoor cricket being cancelled, I, I felt we were finally getting closer to seeing Fraser move from being the team manager to, to actually playing. Well, we, it's we yeah, it's moving, not going to happen. We were moving up the table yeah, until, the, doing well until the, the big table. boys over here came yeah. and, and cut us off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, Ben, the only thing I can see is a sort of a slight consolation. <clears throat> You've got to be able to afford uh, Sky Sports, but there's some amazing sport you can watch on telly. Today I've watched England beat South Africa in cricket mm. there's all sorts of other things on tonight there's football on you've seen Tottenham on the weekend I wouldn't dream of watching that top of the table yeah up temporarily can I just tell listeners we've just bet 10 quid to Tottenham are not going to you think for charity for, for charity. charity so if anyone wants an easy tenner for charity I've got it in my pocket already <laughs> I do think I do think Tottenham are genuine contenders I'll be interested oh. in some, some comments on that on the Facebook page we're going to take a moment Bill mentioned the Sport Pembrokeshire Awards I think we need to look down the, the list of winners and some quite notable ones in there as well and we will finish before nine uh, with a chat about the future of cricket tees in Pembrokeshire and where can you get the best one I think I think our panel will have some thoughts one member in particular that's to come before nine on Pure West Radio Oh, hey, Bob have you heard the news good thanks Chris What's that? We're one of the finalists for Butcher Shop of the Year. Oh, congratulations to you and the team, Chris. Wow, what's that smell? That's our homemade freshly cooked pies and pasties that we now serve daily in the shop. Looks and smells great. I'll have a steak and Guinness pie and the usual, please. Prendergast Butchers, Haverford West. Master Butchers, providing the finest quality meats to Pembrokeshire for 70 years. We're open for orders, either in the shop or on our website. Prendergastbutchers.co.uk If you can't get to us, no problem. We're offering a delivery service. Give us a call on 01437 763 387. Follow Pure West Radio on Facebook. Wait a second. Search for Pure West Radio. It's Pure West Radio. I'm Ben Stone. This is Pure West Sport with G&G Builders. Find out more at pembrokeshirebuilders.co.uk. Just gone 18 minutes to nine. Time has flown by uh, this evening. The interview with Phil Steele will stay on the Facebook page, so you can have a look on there and add your comments to it as well. A really good discussion about where Wales go and with Italy to play in in their final game of the weekend. Is that that the last game of the the Autumn Cup campaign? It is, isn't it? Uh, Gordon, we'll talk about that ahead of the the, show on Saturday but I thought you made some really good points um, the Sport Pembrokeshire Awards something that have uh, been on for many years traditionally at Folly Farm I can remember um, doing interviews backstage at Folly Farm shivering in the fun fair yeah. but it was, it was I uh, think you that probably, bit. yeah you can remember that too Fraser because it would always it would always be really good in the, the auditorium and Bill would be on the stage um, and it would be lovely and warm in there but we'd be in the fun fair doing the backstage interviews and you'd need a coat <laughs> scarf and gloves because it's end of November so it would be cold Crazy. wouldn't it 
<laughs> but it was great to talk to the winners when they came off stage. Bill, um, just explain what, what, what happened this year. It was all delivered digitally. Yeah, let's sing the praises first of Alan Jones, who's organised them. He's been brilliant. He did it last year as well. Under the auspices of Benfield, the Sport Premiership Manager. This year, we, we had a reduction but they were in the numbers nominated, but they were still good ones. They, they sliced the uh, a number of awards slightly, but in the end, there was a good response. And, you know, we could go we could spend all evening talking about the value of the the winner and the two finalists. I think the one that obviously is a two that has attracted attention is the lifetime achievement in sport, which went to Alice Watts from Pembroke Dock, 45 years with netball. And I don't think anyone would decry that because she's been inspirational. But as Fraser will tell you, she's the first lady to win outright on her own. Uh, that was great. And then eight-year-old Kel Thomas won the Chairman's Award, which is for something special, not necessarily for success in a given sport, where he raised £3,000 in two um, triathlons for a, a little boy in um, Crimach and for the kidney research. And he did that. He's nine now. He did that. And I think everyone felt that that was very worthwhile. Loads of other winners we could spend all evening. Fraser and I are actually involved at the moment, and we're going to rope Gordon in to present some of the trophies. Uh, I already presented Alice Watts's with Alan Jones, uh, and we're going to do more this week. So they're being presented socially distanced at their homes. Um, Fraser, Bill, Bill mentions the, the Lifetime Achievement Award going to Alice Watts. Um, that was quite a landmark moment, wasn't it, for, for the Sport Pembrokeshire Awards and, and for sport in Pembrokeshire, I would say. Yes, I mean, it, it's a difficult one, Ben, because I, there's no set criteria for a Lifetime Achievement Award, but obviously, as a general rule, you tend to look back on someone who has who finished their career and, and has maybe put something back into the sport afterwards. So they are, for want of a better word, long in the twist by the time they arrive. It's very rare it goes to someone in their prime. Um, and there have been exceptions with it with Jacob Thomas, but obviously there were issues surrounding you know his lifespan, which saddens me to say as to why he was presented with it then, because he was a deserving winner and would have won it. You know, had his lifespan been longer at a later date, there's no doubt yeah. about that. But I think what we remember here is where that you know, we're looking back on eras where women's sport wasn't half as prominent as it's becoming now, and rightly so. Um, it's getting more exposure now. We've spoken about this before. It's getting a bigger platform and achievements are being recognised. There's also more opportunity. So in the first few years when the award was given out and you're looking back, you're looking back on eras where probably women didn't have the opportunity no. to excel, which Not is probably why it was dominated by male winners. Now, if you look 20, 30 years down the line, I think that'll change. I think I could reel off people now. Jasmine Joyce, Jordan Hart. You know, I would say those two are inevitable winners later down the line. So it, it's going to take mm. a while for the balance to be properly addressed. But I think this, you know, this could be a breakthrough moment and certainly the start of it. Gordon, um, what's your what's your thoughts on that? Because I I, I did see some some comments around about about some of the uh, the decisions about who won what award and, and nominations. You're always going to get debate, but w- would you agree that that is quite a landmark moment um, that, that we have seen Alice with, Watts with Alice that, Watts? That, that, that that yeah, yeah, yeah Alice 100%. Watts was definitely a landmark. Uh, I mean, yeah. Fraser's just uh, said uh, you know there's never been a woman a woman to have won uh, the uh, lifetime achievement award except for Karen. Um, Karen Bowen. Bowen with Peter Bowen so you know it, it's it's great that women are getting recognised for sport uh, and as Fraser just pointed out there are a lot more opportunities for women in all uh, types of sports these days so we are going to get more uh, nominations over the years with women in each category mm. you know so uh, it, it definitely is improving in that way and, and women have every right to, to be on the podium just as the men do as well. Yeah.
well. As Fraser said, Ben, another one is Angharad James. Gordon's written an excellent yeah. article on Pembrokeshire Sport today about her 68 caps for Wales, and she's no 86. 82. 82, and she's only 26. So, mm. you know, she's going to get the 100 caps unless mm. she's very unlucky with injury. And mm. there will be people. But in the past, Fraser as well, they've also, a lot of them have gone to people of international renown, haven't they? Absolutely people yeah. who've served Wales in international, at yeah. that international level. Uh, yes. Uh, and, but it, it isn't only for that, it's for people who've contributed massively to their sport or sports, not only with their own play that hopefully would be good but their contribution and Alice was so thrilled by that she was moved to tears when Alan told her uh, because she didn't accept that but she didn't expect that but it phrases right it will get more and long may that continue because we must look to make it balanced I think that's the important, the important thing yeah. about it all I mean I think <laughs> for want of a better phrase is a balance to making it balanced as well mm. yeah, like, oh, I yeah. mustn't be there yeah. just to have a no, woman no, no. I, you know, I wouldn't no, want to go no, down no. the road of, of patronising any um, no. what, no. and, and giving them awards so that, you know, for what would be seen as the sake of certainly to be seen to be given equal mm. opportunities you know it's, it's but it, I think what we're saying it's important that achievements are recognised mm. and recognised properly and, and respectfully yeah, I, right. I don't want it ever to get to a situation where we're giving out awards for sentimental reasons and, and we haven't done with Alice Watts she's thoroughly deserving isn't she yeah definitely yeah no I, I, do, I always used to love seeing who, who would get that lifetime achievement award and, and, and Bill and Gordon you'll, you'll have seen them over, over the years and you, you just mentioned it there that there have been some really good winners so Alice is in, in good company there with, Very with good previous company. winners who, who yeah. were some of your favourites just just quickly before before we well, uh, my, move to our final topic of course mine without doubt is jo- is Jacob Thomas who's passed away yeah. now uh, there's not many yeah. days I don't think about him in some way now but but others I mean I'll always well, remember Peter Morgan Gordon yeah. had to sit by him to make sure he didn't run out yeah. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. he wasn't expecting that and one, one of my real favourites and he is a big mate of mine was Stephen Barnett when yeah. he, he saved uh, Andy Gray's Gem. son's he life won the he, he won the chairman's award yeah. I mean Stephen's such a modest guy and what he did that particular day he deserved it a knighthood in my opinion, not just an accolade mm. there, he, he saved Owen's life incredible, in a training field you know, the guy had collapsed Stephen, who is a trained paramedic but isn't no longer in that job, he was straight on the scene he did all the right procedures and, and had he not been there that particular night, poor old Andy Gray would not have had his son, it's as simple yeah. as that no, I, I think they're absolutely brilliant, the Sport Pembrokeshire Awards, digitally this year. Let's hope, Bill, that you can be back on that Folly Farm stage next year and, and people can get back together again and, and the event can go back to how it was. Yeah, one of the nice things, already Alan is planning that if it goes ahead next year, and we've got to hope the vaccine will be in and we can, I think we will, then all this year's winners will come up on stage and receive their acclamation there. So it'll be a special night next year because yeah. we not only have the 2021 winners, but the 2020 winners as well. That'll be brilliant. Yeah. It means we won't awesome. finish till about midnight. That ah, night. <laughs> who cares, man? Who cares? Yeah, but Bill just needs to tighten his intro a little bit. So we won't have that. time to have any food after Ben. We'll have double sausage and chips we'll then. Have an interval. Well. Yeah. Uh, listen, a few more comments coming in. Um, it is Pure West Sport. We're here every Monday between 7 and 9, live on Facebook between 8 and 9 with G&G Builders. Find out more at pembrokeshirebuilders.co.uk. Uh, Jason says, Spurs won't win the league. Keep dreaming. Not who... Not sure who will, as no one is standing out at the moment, apart yeah. from the team that are top of the table, Jason. That's Bill is just sent in the check, Ben. <laughs> yeah. um, let's finish, though. Uh, Fraser picked this one out, and I must admit it was a story that I, I saw kicking around as well. Uh, the future of cricket tees. Is this even in 
in jeopardy, Fraser. There is no future, Ben. They're, they're done. I think if you notice, one of the leagues up in in Surrey, way of it, that's what's made national news, have voted this week to um, to essentially get rid of them. They actually consulted clubs here in Wales, and I think what was the the South West League um, about whether they wanted to keep them. They they wanted to, so they will continue with them. But this was on a serious note now before. Uh, Bill and Gordon take my head off here um, <laughs> this was a serious issue in the summer we spoke about cricket about maybe we need to learn a few lessons from this summer yeah. about shortening the day and how people have enjoyed it and one yeah. of the things they couldn't have was cricket tees there weren't any complaints about it um, it does tend to slow down the day because when everyone congregates in there it takes a while for everyone to get back out especially those who need to digest before they go out to bat or, or field and what have you so it has been raised off record in some quarters and it would be a way of speeding things oh. up um, Bill, I know you'll be devastated about this, uh, and Gordon as well. Um, chaps, we've only got a few minutes left this evening, so yeah. <laughs> uh, l- let's just get a check. Where is the best cricket tea in Pembrokeshire? Well, I'm Bill no expert. Can't. No, I'm no expert. Ask these two first. <laughs> I mean, Bill's had a cricket tea on every. Uh, and you, come on, Bill, you're being shy. You've, you've had a cricket tea on every single cricket ground in Pembrokeshire. Come on. Well, I was chairman, Ben. One of the things <laughs> I did very nicely for three years, I visited every ground, every every one of the three seasons. Marilyn came with me. It was only polite when he got there to have a cup of tea and a sandwich. But my trouble in a cup of tea and a sandwich, as Gordon will tell you, my trouble is the cakes that are bound in Pembrokeshire, and I cannot. I mean, in the in you today, I'm ashamed to say I've had four biscuits before this. We have noticed. Before. No, you didn't notice because beforehand. <laughs> but Gordon noticed because he's my minder and things like that. Yeah. Come on, chaps. Yeah. Come on. T- time is ticking. We've got uh, all right. Coming up Best crickety nominations, I'll, I'll, please. I have to go to my old club. Is Huck. They do a mean cream horn. Yeah. They really do, <laughs> and and they're nice. made by Mrs. Wicks whose grandson plays for Huck now. <laughs> it was the only reason why I played for Huck back in the day. And I won. And I, I was part of a team that won two Ormond Youth uh, Winners medals, and I'm proud of well, it. I'll, Why I'll, didn't you play I'll park for my West? bias here because um, obviously I have to say Tlanrian because Harold Reid does yeah. a great job for us, and I need us to carry on. But <laughs> apart from Tlanrian, Whitland for me always put on a tremendous spread when they're hosting a final or a county game or a bit. They did great work down there, so I'll go for Whitland. Bill, you're going to give us a nomination? Come yeah, on, where, I'll be very best? quick. It depends on what's on on the day. For example, <laughs> Whitland for the Alan Brown finals are. Amazing. Burton for the Dougie Morris, fantastic. Uh, St. Ishmael's Jessica's Wendy Bradshaw's there. Cresselli in the Harris Nalan. Langham, tees are different but nice. Teru for the Ormond Youth Cup. Pembroke for the Alec Colley, I like that one. Narbeth for the Ken Morris is very special. The Howell family do that Never. and they are brilliant. Yeah. Lorenia, fantastic. Hanford West and Johnston, they're all blinking good yes. tees. I think, Bill, you've named every club in the country. <laughs> no, I so didn't don't, mention don't worry. We never played there. They were always in the lower divisions. <laughs> you won't have upset. You've you always got lost. Anything. That's why people yeah. are looking at play there. Yes. No, they're all brilliant, and they'll go ahead. Rest assured nah, with cut that. Them. Uh, cut they'll them. go. They Get with the times. Get Bill the is going to start the petition. Yeah. Well, no. As long as they have two games yeah. on a Saturday, there'll be no cricketies. 
So I'm going for two games on a Saturday. Well, listen, I've enjoyed your company as ever, Fraser, Bill and Gordon. Thank you very much. Thank you to everyone who's got involved as well on the Facebook page. The videos will stay there, so do have a look through the week and leave your comments. We'll get to those again. I'll be here on Saturday. Uh, Bill, Gordon and Fraser will be back as well. I'll be on from 8 till 9 and we'll have all the latest sport. And we'll be back again next Monday. Chaps, thank you very much. Enjoyed your company. The West Files with Ronnie J and Steve Parsons is next after Duran Duran on Pure West Radio. Just a little sorrow 